Hello and welcome to How Are You Doing Today, the podcast that connects you with college and career experts and all the pieces that make a life whole. My name is Anthony Elliott and I'm connecting you with Christine, an admissions counselor at Penn State University. Welcome, Christine. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm, um, I'm really good today. Happy to be here, even virtually. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, we're happy to have you. Well, um, we're talking about an out-of-state school, Penn State University, and why don't we start off with, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at the university. Sure. So I'm Christine. I'm originally from Anaheim, California, um, and so I specifically work with out-of-state students, partly because I understand what it means to go to school out-of-state. We were just talking. I um, came to Penn State in 2018 to get my master's in higher ed. And so for me, the whole point of higher education is to, um, I guess, better the world, you know, whatever fluff we want to talk about when we talk about college and its purpose and everything. But personally, I love working with first year students, um, especially working towards creating greater access to higher education. So I work in admissions, but that's a lot of the projects that I want to be working on um, is the increasing access and outreach and spreading the word of how to even get into college, what that entire process looks like. Awesome. Well, why don't we go through a little bit about like your college admissions process when you were a high school student, you know, how did you choose the college you went to right after high school and what'd you study and how did that lead you to where you're at today? Sure. So I'm a first generation college student, like I'm sure many of the people listening um, are, and that just means that I'm the first person in my family to go to college, um, but I'm also the first, not just my um, immediate family, like my sister and my mom and dad didn't go to college, but my aunts and uncles, like my cousins didn't go to college, so I did the search process entirely by myself, um, and so I understand that it's a very confusing and overwhelming process, and I always joke that I didn't even know what the Common App was until it was almost too late to even use it. Um, and so I had gone to, um, a, well, okay. I guess I actually found my college kind of the old fashioned way because they sent us a pamphlet in the mail and my mom had heard some words about it from coworkers or there was a handyman that she had talked to. Um, I went to the University of Redlands in Redlands, California. It's in the desert, um, San Bernardino, kind of by Palm Springs. And um, I went there, I visited at the beginning of my senior year and right away was just so taken by the people that were there because for me, the campus was gorgeous. Like it's a small private liberal arts school. You know, they have the funding to make it a really beautiful campus, but it's also just old. So it has that old historical feel to it but the people were so friendly. And for me, you know, doing the search process by myself, I was like, oh my gosh, finally, like people are here who understand like how scared I am, how um, confusing and overwhelming this is. Um, so that's the main reason that I chose it. But I also wanted a smaller school experience, which is ironic that I'm working for Penn State, which is a huge school. Um, but I really loved that small intimate feeling with um, my peers, but also the staff and faculty. Um, I studied English literature and I had it in my mind that I was going to be a teacher. I thought I was going to teach kindergarten for the rest of my life. And then I got into a kindergarten classroom and realized that that was not what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Um, and so I looked around my junior year and really loved the organizations that I was involved in. 
I was really involved with Greek life and with new student orientation, which is where I really started to understand how much I love working with first year and incoming students. And so um, I graduated in 2017, took a gap year to study for the GRE and apply to schools, and then landed at Penn State to get my master's in higher ed. So it's a little bit of a long story, but that's how I got oh. to where I am today. That's great. That's a good story. And, and I can relate. I'm a first generation student as well. So I know how confusing that process can be. Mm -hmm. So um, let's talk a little bit about Penn State. Tell me about some unique programs, majors, like what is Penn State known for and what's, you know, the major attracting point right now? Yeah. Um, so Penn State, my favorite thing to say about Penn State is that it has something for everyone. So I would have done fine as an English major who wanted to study education. We have both of those majors. We have a ton of basic humanities majors, such as languages and that kind of thing. But I think our biggest focus being a big research institution is STEM fields. So um, engineering is huge at Penn State, not just the amount of people that are interested, but the quality of the programs that are they're also really, really good. Um, nursing is also a really, really popular one. And we have nursing offered at multiple campuses. So um, Penn State, when people traditionally think of Penn State, they think of only University Park, which is our largest 40,000 student um, big school experience. But we also have a bunch of different Commonwealth campuses throughout Pennsylvania. And so um, basically these allow students who want that smaller institution feel like I did, to start small and then once they're ready at the end of their sophomore year to transition to the big school. So um, with engineering and nursing, some of these really competitive programs, if you don't necessarily get into University Park on your first try, you can still start at a Commonwealth campus and then come to University Park to study those majors. Um, the other thing that we always like to plug is our Smeal College of Business, um, supply chain management, supply chain Oh my gosh, supply chain management is actually one of our most popular, most competitive, best ranked programs. Um, and I wouldn't have known that before coming to Penn State, but a lot of people look for it specifically for that reason. And actually funnily enough, um, this admission cycle, we've seen a really large increase in students pursuing criminology. And I think it's in direct response to everything that happened last summer, but all of a sudden our College of Liberal Arts, which is home to English and um, the languages and the humanities is all of a sudden one of the most competitive ones to get into because everybody wants to study criminology. So that's been a really cool shift to see um, just based on current events. But those are some of our most popular offerings um, and just something that's really popular right now. Yeah, and a lot of students may not think or know about supply chain management, but if you ever were uh, walking around the grocery stores last April and looking for toilet paper, you know, <laughs> There's, a, there's somebody behind getting that toilet paper on the shelves and yep. that supply chain management. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about, you know, Penn State, like as far as what are some of the cool traditions, uh, things that really attract students there, you know, to campus life that um, may not be available at other schools? Yeah. So speaking specifically to University Park, um, we have two well, three big traditions. Um, the first one that I'll talk about is our week-long homecoming. It's actually something, it's complete, well, okay, what's the thing? It's the largest student-run homecoming in the US. Um, the, or the committee that puts it together is completely student-run. 
Um, they host the events, they host the dinners, they create the entire parade that goes around all of campus and downtown. So that's a huge event. We have thousands of alumni come back every year. I don't think it'll be that big this year, but um, that's one of our biggest things that people look forward to because it's a really cool community feel. You know, people from the community get involved, all of the downtown businesses too. So that's really fun. Um, the other thing is that we also have the largest student run philanthropy called THON or Dance Marathon. Um, and THON is just a student run organization that uh, fundraises money all year to um, put an end to pediatric cancer. So they support families that are going through um, the treatment process as well as putting money towards pediatric cancer research. Um, and so that culminates in the spring semester with thousands of students in the Bryce Jordan Center, which is our huge um, performance space and um, basketball arena stadium. Can't think of the word, um, but they're in the Bryce Jordan Center. They dance for 46 hours, but they basically just stand. Um, and the idea is to be in solidarity with people that have gone through treatment for pediatric cancer. Um, and so it's a really, really cool environment to be in. That's one of the most popular things that students get involved in. Um, and then the other thing, of course, is football. <laughs> you can't talk about Penn State without talking about football. Our wideout game is really one of the most unreal experiences I've ever had. When I came to Penn State for the first time in 2018 and went to my first football game, I was like, what is this? This is incredible. You have 110,000 people in there all cheering for the same team. And then it's fun, too, because during the wideout game, like for Ohio State, for example, it's just a small little corner of the stadium of the Ohio State fans. So it's this entire sea of white and then a little patch of red. It's like, we know why you're here. Um, but anyway, I get really excited talking about it because it's awesome. It's so cool. Um, and the other thing about that, too, is that we have people from all, all across the Commonwealth come to the game. So even if you're a student at University Park or if you're a student at, you know, Abington or Berks or any one of the other campuses, you're all invited to come to the football game. So it's not like we're going to distinguish between students at the different campuses. You're all Penn State students and you're all welcome to join in these cool events. Yeah, you know, I, I told you earlier that my wife went to Penn State and her mom went to Penn State. So I hear all these stories about football games and I know that um, her parents still go back for football games. So they travel from Philadelphia, you know, to, to Penn State to experience those football games. So it, it's a, a big deal. It's wild. <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> how invested people get into it, but it's really, really fun. And just for some perspective, like for Colorado students, if you think of, you know, an NFL team like the Denver Broncos, you know, Penn State is going to hold like 30,000 more students than the Denver Broncos can handle. So, I mean, that's a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, okay, so that's awesome. Let's uh, shift to the university. So what, you know, students on campus, tell me a little bit about like the different resources that you have, like rec center, mental health supports, um, activities that students get involved with, whether at school. I know as a high school counselor, we're always telling students get involved in high school. The more involved you are, the more successful you're going to be. You know, how does that translate to the college level? Yeah, so that's actually one of the biggest things that we also like to encourage students to do. So Penn State offers over 1,200 um, clubs and organizations for their students. So we categorize them into different, um, I guess, subjects. So we have 
um, service organizations for people that want to do community service, whether in um, the immediate state college community or if they want to do service in other states, we have a great spring, spring break plunge um, learning experience where students can go and volunteer for a week in a community of need. Um, but we also have uh, professional development organizations. We have um, club sports if you still want to participate in whatever sport you played in high school, but um, don't necessarily want to compete at the D1 level. Um, like club volleyball, club soccer, club anything like that, we have it. Um, we also have a ton of different special interest orgs. And so as an example, we have a Harry Potter club or we have um, a My Name is Bob club for anybody that's named Bob and wants to connect with other people. So we really do have really goofy things that students make um, to be able to build that community and to be able to meet people that have similar interests and um, similar passions. And the other thing is that even if on the off chance that you don't find something that you're interested in, you can still grab 10 of your friends and start a new club that you are interested in and wanna share more information about. Um, beyond organizations, so that's um, like through student activities, student affairs. We also have Greek life. Um, it's a pretty large part of what a lot of the students at Penn State get involved in. Um, and we do actually have Greek life at some of the Commonwealth campuses as well. So even if you're not going to Univers University Park, you don't want that huge 40,000 student experience, you can still have that Greek life um, experience at one of our campuses too. Um, I would say one of the other things that I love to see students get involved in besides THON and everything else that I've talked about is our Student Programming Association. Um, these are people that bring musicians to campus, they bring special performers, you know, magicians, um, comedians, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they have a really big impact on campus because they have kind of like a pulse on what's going on, what people are thinking about, what they're interested in, um, and are able to plan events to cater to that and to help build that community that I keep talking about. That's wonderful. Yeah, it makes me want to go back to college for sure. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, let's talk about admissions, you know, admissions requirements, classes students should be taking in high school, what the process looks like, and maybe go into a little bit about like how selective Penn State is and um, like the average GPA test scores that they need to be considered there. So we have um, two sets. So I'll, I'll tell you the middle 50% that we look at for University Park. Um, it is more competitive to get into. For GPA, we're usually looking at 3.5 to 3.9, and that's unweighted. Um, and then for test scores, SATs, we're usually accepting between 1240 and 1410, and then ACT is between 27 and 33. And then the Commonwealth campuses are less competitive. So for GPA, we're looking at 3.07 to 3.6, SAT is going to be 1080 to 1260, and ACT is 23 to 28. But all that being said, um, Penn State is going to be test optional at least through the 2023 admission cycle. And that just means that in response to COVID um, and understanding that people can't get to testing centers or are under so much pressure that they haven't been able to prepare for their tests or anything like that, we're not requiring that students report them. If you want to report them, definitely up to you. Some people are much better test takers than I ever was in high school. And so um, it's up to the student whether or not they want to report that. Because besides that, we're really, uh, how do I explain this? 
Penn State's application is really, really straightforward. We need your application with your name, your major of interest, the campus you want to start at, um, your GPA. You're going to report that through something called a self-reported academic record. Um, and basically, this is just where you'll go in and say, in ninth grade, I got an A in Algebra 1 or whatever, you know. Um, and then the test optional standardized test scores. So we don't need um, letters of recommendation. We don't need resumes or community service um, documentation, anything like that. We're only looking for the application, your grades, and the optional test scores. So pretty straightforward, um, not too demanding. Yeah, uh, that yeah. sounds good. And then, uh, so are they looking at essays at all? Like, is there an essay as part of the application? We, so the essay is not required for Penn State. Um, if you're filling it out on Common App or Coalition, I believe they have a portion where you're able to upload a personal statement or an essay of some kind. Um, and we will review that if it comes down to a student who, you know, um, let's say they were going through a really hard time if they were in some kind of accident or if something happened within their family, that's when we'll go back and review their application um, and take those kinds of essays and personal statements into consideration. Um, but for the most part, we don't look at essays too closely. Great. Um, so th the thing that a lot of people are always interested in when making a decision is the cost of attendance, especially awesome. for out-of-state students. Can you talk about that and then maybe a little bit about the scholarships that are available for out-of-state students? Yes. So Penn State for out-of-state students is definitely a sticker shock. Um, out-of-state tuition is 35, wait, I wanna make sure I'm looking, yeah. Um, 35,000 and then room and board is gonna come out to 12,000. So altogether, you're typically looking at $47,000 for tuition. Um, I'm just gonna let that resonate for a minute. <laughs> um, because it is a lot. And the thing is, um, Penn State does all of their financial aid based off of the FAFSA, which is the free application for federal student aid. Um, so we cannot consider you for aid or scholarships if you have not filled out that application. And so that's always the biggest thing is we say, okay, here's our tuition and here's when the FAFSA opens <laughs> because we want you here. Um, but we understand that it can be hard to swing for out-of-state students. Um, the other thing, so that's just our generic, you know, Office of Student Aid. They handle all of the merit and uh, need-based aid. But then a lot of the academic colleges actually handle their scholarships separately. So earlier I was talking about, you know, our top-rate programs and how I was an English major, all that stuff. Each college... Um, like the College of Liberal Arts that home is home to English and the humanities, they're going to handle their own um, scholarships, whether that's for writing or for, I don't know, Spanish speakers or anything like that. Um, they're going to handle that. And then Sneal College of Business is going to ha handle their own scholarships as well. So you can apply through multiple sources um, to be able to afford Penn State. And then we also have um, a financial literacy center. Um, and they are able to help explain, you know, what it means to take on student loans and here's the best way to repay them and other ways to uh, search for funding to be able to afford college. Now, is there any automatic aid based on GPA and test scores that, uh, or do they need to really just apply to each of the individual colleges to maybe access some of that aid? 
yeah, they would just have to apply. I'm not a rep from the student aid office, so I actually don't know a ton about how it's dispersed. Um, but I know that they always recommend students to fill out the FAFSA as early as possible because that needed merit-based aid gets soaked up really, really quickly, um, just based on the sheer amount of applicants that we receive every year. So in general, they apply for admissions, they apply for the FAFSA, and then they um, go to your financial aid website on and start searching for scholarships that way. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then we operate on an, a rolling admissions basis. So if a student applies by our early action November 1st deadline, they'll hear back in December. But no matter when you apply, the financial aid letter isn't even really going to come out until the spring semester. So you won't know um, your all of your options until the spring semester. Okay, wonderful. Um, tell me uh, about the other things that students can do, like in the surrounding community, like what do students do for fun outside of classes and um, student organizations or, yeah. or programs? I'll try my best to paint a picture of State College. So Penn State University Park um, lives in the town of State College. Um, it is a pure 100% college town. It was built up around the university. And so a lot of the businesses cater to students. They cater to alumni that are returning for football games. Um, the majority of people that live in State College work for the university. And so it's very entrenched culture of we are Penn State. This is Penn State. Um, and so when you're looking for things to do, there's like a ton of restaurants that you can go out to with friends. There's shops downtown. It's really, it's all very accessible for those that live on campus. Um, the other thing about State College is that similar to Colorado, there's a ton of hiking trails. There's a lot of mountain biking to go on. Um, there's Rothrock State Forest or State Park. Um, they have camping and amazing, just amazing hiking trails, really beautiful. That's just part of um, being in kind of middle of Pennsylvania uh, terrain. I wrote notes. I'm trying to find them. Give me one second. No, no problem. And from what I remember, I, I visited there once. We went to, uh, I think it was called Art in the Park in the summer. And yeah. it, it seemed like it was like right in the middle of Pennsylvania between Philly and Pittsburgh, like, is that, is that about accurate? Yeah, it's in the dead center of Pennsylvania. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, that's the other thing is that if you have access to a car or if you can buy a mega bus ticket, um, those are usually super, super cheap. You can get to Philly or Pittsburgh or New York or DC um, within three to four hours. So everything, you know, we're not immediately next to any big city, but we're within driving distance if you wanna take a weekend trip. Um, to go explore any of those places. Awesome. Um, so let's, let me give you a scenario. Let's just say that I'm a high school 10th or 11th grader, and I am trying to figure out where I want to go to college. Do your best job of trying to convince me that I should go to Penn State in less than a minute. Okay. So I always like to say that Penn State is for dreamers, designers, deep thinkers, and lots and lots of dedicated fans. We're a university with top-ranked academics, top-ranked research opportunities, and top-ranked alumni networks. We are a university with something for literally everyone, and we're a university that wants your voice to make change, not only on campus, but in the world. We are a university 
a university dedicated to making change makers and game changers. We are Penn State. <laughs> That's awesome. Put it on a sticker. <laughs> yes, exactly. It should be on a t-shirt for sure. <laughs> right? I know. I thought of that this morning. I was like, this is beautiful. <laughs> but it really is. Like, there is something for everyone at Penn State. There's opportunities that you won't find anywhere else. I mean, that's how I came here. Like, why would I leave California to go to middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania? Um, and it's because I found something that I wasn't able to find at any of the other universities that I was looking for. So we've definitely got something for people who aren't really quite sure what they're looking for yet. Well, that's great. Well, we're going to wrap things up here. Why don't you, is there anything else you'd like our students to know about Penn State and how can they connect with Penn State? Like what's the best way through social media or through the website? How can they get more information? Um, as far as admissions is concerned, the last thing that I want to leave students with is that your best chance to get into the program and the academic college that you want to get into is to apply by our early action deadline, which is November 1st. So um, that is when things are going to be less competitive um, and when there's still a ton of openings in all of the different colleges and programs. Um, when you complete your application, you have to make sure that you are doing your self-reported academic record. And it breaks my heart, but sometimes we see people who start the application in October, but don't fill out the academic record until March. And so it's like, you were on track and now you're in the March pool and <laughs> You're against so many other people. Um, but anyway, November 1st is the deadline to keep in mind. As far as staying connected, um, you're always welcome to visit our admissions.psu.edu webpage. We have an experience page that you can do virtual tours or you can schedule counseling appointments if you want to meet me in person. Um, well, virtually in person, uh, that we're we're help, we're happy to help students um, kind of demystify this entire process. So admissions.psu.edu is our website. And then our email is admissions at psu.edu. Um, and then all of that's pretty much gonna be the same across the social media handles. So admissions at psu.edu, that's all you need to know. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Christine. I really appreciate you enlightening us about Penn State. Thanks for having me. I was really excited to be here. Awesome. Students, family, and friends, we look forward to talking to you next time. Tune in and we'll see you later.